to the Ta Lao podcast. I have my usual crew, Op and Gian, joining me live. Obviously, the topic today, the ones that got away, quarantine season has started. Lots of transfer rumors, whether it's foreign players coming back to the Thai league or Thai players going to play abroad. But before we get there, I like to take this moment and ask my co-hosts how they are doing today. Op, how's everything from your house? No, it's it's pretty nice. You know, I mean, I don't mind the quarantine, and uh, it's been like it, it it rains a few days ago. So yeah, you know, like by now you should have known I'm a like a house plant guy. So yeah, my plants are doing well, and I'm happy. All right, Gian, how about you? Yeah, so I've been like going outside a bit because now it's technically allowed. So I've been playing three on three football in my friend's parking lot for the for the last week, a couple times a week, which is like the best thing. Like after this long break, I I can't stress enough how fun that is. Yeah, talk about three on three. Maybe sometimes we need to form a team of three, and then we'll go you oh, know, actually, take yeah. on some guys. <laughs> 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 the the Talao pod Talao podcast FC maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh, all right, before before we get off topic, let's divert our attention and talk a bit about the current situation in the Thai league as well as other leagues surrounding it. Obviously, there's been lots of rumors going around about players who potentially could leave, potentially could come back. Um, what what are your overall thoughts so far on how the the rumors are flying around? Are there any in particular that stands out the most to you? I think one that I think is sounds really strange at first, but might actually be reliable, is um, Nelson Bonilla to Trat, because if you look at it, if you're back on United, you have uh, Bernard Marlos already on contract there in your foreign quota, and he's done pretty well uh, for a start. And as good as Bonilla is, last year he was pretty, you know, injury prone. He's had a lot of games out on the sidelines. So I think if you could get him, whenever the season starts, maybe send one half of the campaign uh, at Trat, at and then you can sort of think about it after that a uh, few months to see if he gets his fitness back, see if he's scoring, playing games regularly. Then you bring him back in and think, do we want to keep him for the season or see him for the cups or whatever? But I think that could be a good move for him next. Yeah, I mean, Trat is... Definitely looking for a striker, and they've been linked with Jaja Coelho, so you know, famously, no, or infamously, you know, he played for Buriram and Mueang Thong, you know, and but then you know he moved here. He he, he want to move to Songnam in the K League, and uh, apparently you know his he had some disciplinary issue. He wasn't the fittest player, but again. The rumors are there. There's no no smoke without a fire, and I I I I really believe Trad is looking for a striker. Yeah, with with that transfer, actually, I think, you know, the the rumor is there, and the fact that Trad have lost such a a great striker in Lasagna Dubunya, who you know Dubunya was so good back at that last season. He was the top scorer last last year, correct for the the Thai league, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not, yeah. I I feel like if it wasn't for his goals. Thrad would probably be down there in the relegation zone where they are now, and it just shows you one player can have such a massive impact on a, a small club. 
anyways, before we get to more of the rumors and transfer talks, let's get on with our topic today of players who've got away too fast or the ones that got away. Now, there's been a lot of foreign players who've come to the Thai League, absolutely lighted up a plethora of options that can, you know, we can talk about. But today, who are some of the foreign players you believe either didn't get enough time at the club or didn't perform at his best during his time in Thailand, which led to his departure? I'll open the floor up. Let's let's go with Op first. Who's your pick and why? I'll start with my my favorite club, so BG Batum United, and I think um, the player that you know that got away, the one who left too soon, was a, a striker, a big striker called Aridane Santana. So um, he's a Spanish striker who uh, he was he was meant to solve our goal drought, and in, and in a way he did, because looking at his stats. Um, moving to a new country, a new culture, a new style of football, he scored nine league goals in 16 league games in the top flight. And this, and but unfortunately, um, the club felt that he wasn't the right type of striker and was let go. And I, I actually had a conversation with one of the coaches at the time who works for the uh, the 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 club's B team and everybody liked him. You know, everyone think he was the big target man that the club needed. But unfortunately, you know, we already had Shati Shimtale, who's a club legend, a, another target man. So you know, you can't have two target men in a team. And he was let go. I was sad. You know, and I mean, other clubs should have taken notice of him because if you scored nine goals in sixteen games, imagine having him for the whole season. He could be a twenty goal striker. And, yep. Yeah, before I ask Ian for his pick, I actually did some research while you were talking. He came in the 2015 season, the, the BG All Green Nike kit. I remember that year. Um, yeah, he came in and I think he scored quite uh, quite a few important goals as well. And he was that you know, tall figure, Spanish striker. You don't really see many Spanish strikers play his style like a a forward guy who just, you know, is very clinical in front of goals. Usually Spanish players in the Thai league are either, you know, defenders or wing players with technical ability. But this guy was a, a unique type of striker. And yeah, I, I believe he, he should have got more time at BG as well. Gian, now off to you. Um, Let me guess, it's probably going to be one of Mung Tong's strikers over the past five to exactly. eight years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is a Mung Tong striker. He's also Spanish. He is also a target man. Very similar circumstances. It is Cisco Jimenez, who was an excellent player for Mung Tong during his time towards the end of 2016 and 2017, the first half of that. And I'm a bit biased, I have to admit, because Cisco's uh, daughter went to my school. So I met him after school sometimes, picking up his kid. And we just, I talked to him. And he's a super nice guy. He's, you know, really talk, happy to talk to like this random fan who comes up to him uh, and he's of course a fantastic player he was the like a real proper target man and he was so clinical in front of goal same thing but he's also really quick good at running in the channels good on the ball he sort of had everything and he was always the best aerial threat Mo Tong have had you know since 
And the reason that he left was because of injuries. You know, he, he stopped picking up injuries. And I think that um, the coach, uh, Toshla one actually said, I want, I want to keep him, but it's the board's decision. And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so he's gone. Uh, because he, he was... You need a former striker to be playing every single game. So if, if you miss even one or two games, it's a big, it's a big deal. But if he had stayed, and people don't, I don't know, people don't think about this a lot. That if he had stayed, he would have been playing alongside Heberti for the second half of that season, because he he left just before Heberti arrived, because Heberti signed a pre-contract deal uh, at the start of the year, and then when he left, they bought in a Samsao to replace him. So that was right after you lost Chanatip, right? And the system was completely, you know, gone like lopsided. And because there was nobody up top to be the central striker, there was basically a Samsao who liked to play out on the wing, and Heberti liked to play as a second striker, and nobody really up top to, to, to be the main focal point. And so if you just lose Chanatip and you bring in Heberti as like a like-for-like swap and you keep Cisco up top, that team might have been even stronger than the 2016 team. You know, it might have gone on to like win the league by an even bigger margin. It might have even gotten more points that year if they'd kept Cisco and kept him fit. It would have been incredible to see, but unfortunately, the injuries and it was the the disaster against Kawasaki, and they decided we need to change. And it was, of course, like a very like knee jerk reaction to change that team so suddenly. But yeah, definitely he got away way too early, and it would have been amazing to see him stay. Yeah, came into the club actually he was loaned out at uh, Mallorca, and then he came. I remember, and the club that he left Mung Tong to and played for Osasuna. So talk about. The, the names of, of the different teams that he's played for, definitely big name clubs. I think during his time in Mung Tong, when he came in 2016, he came in and didn't, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, he got hurt. So yes. Cisco got, uh, I guess, he got better, is, he recovered. He came back in 2017 for that first leg, scored quite a few important goals. I think he scored a, a important one against uh, Kashima Antlers in the... 2017 AFC um, yes, he Champions League. Yes, remarkable winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, that remarkable win. That was probably his standout moment. But then I felt like Mung Tong, the, the, the board there, wanted someone who w- would come in and make more of a, a bigger impact. I don't think he was as good as, you know, anywhere as good as what people thought he could have been and the injuries. And I think people just ran out of patience. And that loss to Kawasaki in the round of 16, I was there at, at the stadium in, in Japan. And I remember after the game, I went up and approached um, Cisco and I asked him for a picture. And the, the look on his face and the way he acted, he wasn't really hanging out much with other players in the team. And that really was that moment that I knew he was ready to depart the club. So you could really tell a player if um, you know, he, he's just done there. And I, I, I think that moment was his last moment as a Mulan player. So unfortunate that we didn't get to see the peak. On that point, actually, that season, Cisco arrived in July. Right? So that one, in that one season, Mulan signed the Grau, realized, oh, he, he had one bad game, therefore he can't be a good striker. Lono at the Patia, right? See how wrong that was. See him now playing for Olsan. Then they bought in Michael Endry. And then Endry goes in midseason, they bring in Cisco. So that's three strikers in one season. All three of them were excellent. And they all ended up leaving too early. Mung Tong, what, what, what can you say? Yeah, and to my pick now, you actually mentioned him. Junior Negrao, he's, who's scoring absolute worldies in, in Korea. Sorry for ruining and it. Just cheering. Sorry for ruining it. I mean, no, 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 you're, you're good. I mean, this guy, really, you look at, I look up his stats, you know, he he scored in in almost every team he's played for 
except for Mueng Tong, and that is the problem. That is the problem with Mueng Tong. It's like it's like you're cursed every time you 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 play for the club. And that number nine jersey, I don't think anybody has been successful wearing it in Mueng Tong's history at all. I mean, you can date back to almost Robbie Fowler and my first ever Mueng Tong kit. Since then, I, I never asked to put number nine on the back because you just know he'll be there less than a year and he'll leave the club and you probably won't be able to wear that jersey again. And, and, and look, hear me out. Junior Negrao was a fantastic player before he arrived at Mung Tong. You know, goals everywhere he went. Only issue there, I think, when he arrived, I felt like he was a little too slow to adjust to the style of play that his teammates provided for him. And and you might be asking, wait, how is the, the Thai style play faster than the other leagues that he's played in? I just feel like sometimes as a striker in when you're a foreign striker in Thailand, they expect you to be the one that create the chances, but he's not that type of guy. He's a finisher. And I feel like Mung Tong were looking for a guy that, you know, could come in, create chances, drop back, also score goals. But with Negrao, you're just going to get a fox in the box, a deadly scorer. And really, I, I felt like if he were to get more time in Mung Tong, he literally played zero games in, for, for Mung Tong because he was, after coming in in 16 that, that year, after coming in, he never got the chance to even represent the team in the league and he was already loaned out to Patia. So yeah, in, in 2016, played at Patia, 29 games, 20 goals. And then basically, I, I remember that was the, the year that uh, everybody made that meme of, you know, Negrao, Negrao. There was this memes going around about how, how terrible he was at Meng Tong. He goes to Daegu in Korea, 16 games, 12 goals. Okay, that's that's more than half. That's a very good rate. You know, that's that's up there. And then in 2018, gets that big move to Ulsan, Hyundai. 41 goals in 67 games. That is insane. And talk about a player who got rejected by a club like Meng Tong. Man, I, as a Meng Tong fan, I just absolutely regret not giving this guy a chance. Uh, just it, it, It's very sad every time someone mentions Junior Negrao doing well in Korea because what a potential he could have been and what a player he could have been. No, I mean, totally, totally correct. I mean, he's a fox in the box. And I remember watching him against Buriram in the, you know, the, the Thai equivalent of the, of the FA Community Shield. Uh, and he was he was used as a second striker to create chances for the for other and he and you're right he seemed like too slow. But but once you put him you played him as a you know your your your, your target man your to spearhead your attack. He bangs in goals and I think it it's not the case of the the Thai league being too slow and I mean being too quick it's actually the Thai league is too slow for him and as a target man you want you want the ball to be played to you quickly and so you could take the sh- your, sh- your chance and he, he took some time I, I would like to point out to a few stats from his time at Pattaya to show how, how great he is and what you know that how club should give your, your signing time to adapt so in the first six games for Pattaya United on loan for Mueang Tong. He scored once. Started six games, scored once. Pattaya, zero wins in that six game. Two draws, 40 feats, horrible starts. Then in the next 
um, five game. In the next five game, he scored in all of them. He scored, so he scored one goal, and then two goals, two goals, two goals, and another one goal. So, I mean, that's um, wait, eight, eight in five. That's a, and then um, Pattaya won all of, all of those five five um, five games, and that kind of sets the tone for the the team going forward. And I mean, again, it's Mueang Tong. Doing a bad scouting job. When you sign a player, you you should know where to play him. There's a big difference between a second striker and a and a, and a you know a target man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big ask in the Thai It's a big step, but it's a big ask in the Thai league. It's not an sign excuse. Player, no I mean, I'm here. You know, they they know big step. They know who to call. They know who you to DM, <laughs> and I'm 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 I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, you you mentioned about an impact player. Yeah, you mentioned that well because since he's joined Osan Hyundai, he's he's been named the K League Best Eleven two years in a row. And twenty twenty, he starts off as the the top scorer with two goals in the opening match day. So <laughs> definitely, man, it's it's an absolute mistake letting him go that early. And I mean, like with the K League. Resuming, uh, and a lot of eyes are on the the game he played and he scored. So you know, I mean, I think he's the winner here. All right. Well, now segue to round two of this quest to find the missing ones. This time I'll rearrange the order and I'll go with Gian. You you go with your pick first. All right, so I'm gonna go with Osvaldo from Buriram, and I think Osvaldo, who came from uh, Fortaleza, went back to Fortaleza at the second half of the twenty was it twenty eighteen season, I think. Yeah, second half twenty eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah, he he was a very excellent player in my view. He was a, one of the few players to arrive straight from the Brazilian first division and come into the Thai league. Usually, they scout in around the second division. So it's pretty impressive to have a player of his quality come in like that, and he didn't always put up his best performance. It took a while to adapt. You, he, I don't think he put hundred percent into every single game, but I remember a few certain games that I saw him, and he was absolutely incredible. There was the game I think Port were, uh, were away at Port, and he was like a constant threat to their defense the whole time. He didn't score, but he was constantly a threat. And there was the final against Chiang Rai, where he scored basically he single-handedly dribbled past five Chiang Rai defenders and found the back of the net. And he's like, this league is like too easy for me. And then he ended up going back because he um, he wanted to uh, be with his family or something. Some family issues. He went back, but he's still represented by FPS, who are of course the Thai uh, agents for many Thai players. And there were rumors for before sort of this current season that he might come back, and he ended up you know not coming back. So I think there's still Boyan fans want to see more of him. Still, they still haven't seen enough of Osvaldo. Then how good of a player he is, and he's definitely you know one of my you know top picks for that. I was gonna say Osvaldo was unplayable. I mean, he was unplayable at times, running in with with pace. He, you know, I, I, what I like about him is he's not just fast. He, but he knows how to use his pace. So often you will see him asking for the ball straight to his feet. He, he takes a touch, and then in a split second he just sprints off, and that's how that's that's you know how you differentiate from an average quick player to you know the, the, those great ones. And he was. Again, 
you know, Meng Tong away. I remember him in that yellow kit running against, you know, running at the Meng Tong defense, and he was the best player on the pitch, unplayable. And I should mention that the rumors still, rumors now, they need to come back now, even like currently. There's still current rumors that he will come back, which I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just that Boyan fans want him back. Yeah, what, what I was saying and before I blanked out was Osvaldo's playing style kind of reminds me of a combination of a little bit of Asam Sao and a little bit of Negrao's finishing where he's got that pace. He, he doesn't have the physique like like um, like Asam Sao where it's like, you know, he, he dribbles and he's quick on the wings. He's not like Asam Sao and at the same time, he's not as a deadly finisher as Junior Negrao in the K-League. So he's sort of like an in-between guy where you can pass the ball to, link up one-two plays, but at the same time, once he's in the box, his right foot is very deadly. He can score lots of good goals. Now, to up your second pick. Okay, I mean, we've got a bunch of strikers and wide forwards now. So I'll go with a central midfielder from Meng Tong called Eric Patalu. So this guy is a big... Oh, tall central midfielder, an Aust- an Australian cen- um, central midfielder who 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 played for Meng Tong in um, two thousand fourteen. This uh, he played like twenty odd times in the league. In terms of stats, I mean, it's nothing interesting. But I I re- I fondly remember like there's quality here. This is a player you could work with. You know, he's tall, big box to box but he could also play a bit as well you know so maybe if, if you know is if he's used to thailand you know he knows the language a little bit better he's used to the heat and then used to the the rhythm of play i think he could be like a, a complete midfielder similar to that of dagno siega who you know as a if you're a thai league fan then dagno siega is one of the best ever central midfielder who, who's played in this league and one of Meng Tong's best, and he now coaches the, the, the youth team. Anyway, Eric Patalu, I mean, he's a great defender, and now he plays, he's, he's a big name in the, you know, in, in South Asia, in the Indian League. So, yeah, the quality is there. And he actually played for the Australian national team as well, so, no. <laughs> we can go on, like, uh, an entire podcast, just ranking the top 10 players gone too soon at Meng Tong. I feel like there's just so many you can pick from. <laughs> All right, so now to my pick. Um, I actually agree with both of your picks there. Osvaldo, you know, way too soon, as well as Eric Paterloo. Would love to see him maybe gel with Datsagon during his last peak years. My player talking about peak is top three in terms of all-time great foreign players. Currently, he is number one in the rankings for most gold score in the Toyota Thai League, Clayton Silva. Now, this guy gone too soon. You can make your you know argument of whether did he deserve a second chance at Meng Tong? Should he be come back? Maybe he deserves a second chance elsewhere. A team like Samut Bragan or a team like Bratuop who are completely in need of a quality striker like him. Now, my my issue with him leaving isn't the fact that he left Meng Tong in 2017. I thought that, you know, if the, if the money's there in China, 
might as well just move abroad because before that he was in Osotsapa and Police Taro, so maybe his time in Thailand was over. Once I saw him come back in 2018 with Chiang Rai, I was like, whoa, this guy is, he's back again. And I'm not going to lie, his, his stats weren't that good for for the clubs that he came back to, Chiang Rai, as well as being loaned out to Supanburi and Atsupan last year, who didn't do well at all in the Thai league. But I feel like he's still got something left in him. I, I feel like, you know, when, when you score the, the most amount of goals in the the league that, you know, you spend a majority of your, your career playing in, you still have that fire in you. And talk about age, 33 years old, I think he can still come back maybe one or two seasons do the job at uh, at a mid-table club who who needs he needs a a goal-scoring threat like him. So maybe not a player who could come back to the top four clubs in Thailand, but maybe a guy who can definitely come in, play you know 15, 20 games, get five to ten goals, a fifty percent ratio would be fantastic, and end his career on a high and add more to that tally, being number one. So. Hopefully, he changes his mind, he comes back, and he signs for a, a Thai league club. What are your thoughts on Clayton Silva? I mean, it's an interesting one because some people say he, he's done here. You know, you can see his body language. You can see his stats at Supan, not good at all. But some, on uh, on the other hand, say this guy is, you know, far from done. He deserves a second or, I guess, what, fifth, sixth shot now in, in Thailand? Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on him? Well, it's always hard to say that a player is done, right? It's always hard to say. Uh, but out of the clubs you listed, I don't know which one, I don't know where he fits. Like, with... So the ones you've heard are Smut Prakant and Pachuam, right? So if you look at Smut Prakant, he'll end up having the same problem that Pedro Jr. has, which is a, who you're going to play off of. Now, I'm not a tactics guy, so Ob maybe has to correct me when I say this, but, like, the way that Smut Prakant play with their 4-4-2, and you have um, uh, Chayawat, and uh, they had Pedro Jr. up top, and there was no sort of, like, it it's sort of felt flat. There was no, no dynamism there. Because those two just, they're very easy to isolate up top by themselves. If you just, you know, press them, you know, you, you leave them isolated by themselves. And then if one of them drops back to get the ball, the other one is sort of isolated. How can you find them? So I think that where would Clayton play in that system? Where would he fit? Would it detract from it? Would it even make it worse? Because if you, you know, if you come back to Thai League for your next chance, which maybe might be your last chance given your age, you want to find a club that will play you correctly. And I think that in the Thai League, you know, you don't change the system to fit the foreigner. You find the foreigner who fits your system because, you know, supply, demand, stuff. There's always more foreigners you can sign and there's no need to change your whole system for one guy who might leave after, you know, a few months. Same problem with Pachuap. Like, you've already got uh, William and Enrique on one wing and then you've got him on one wing. Like, wh- where is it? Where does it go? You don't have someone up top to play with. You know, you don't have someone like who to be a proper strike partner for. The way uh, Mertong always had a number nine for for Clayton to play off of, right? Whether that was Cisco or Andre, they helped Clayton a lot. They they you know they, they were up there allowing Clayton to move in spaces and such like that. Um, the other one is is Trat, and I think that Trat would be decent because they've got Ricardo Santos there, right? The guy who was at China last year, very hardworking target man. But again, do you want to go and be in a relegation battle? You know, it's all it's all very tough. I don't know which club right now is the right one for Clayton, so it's kind of hard to say. Oh, I mean, like, uh, I think it's time for. I mean, both of you are on point here. I mean, I I agree with Ta that that the quality is there. He is class, and he will finish his chances off. But Gian, you are also correct. I mean, who is he gonna play off? 
I mean, and what and that you know the clubs should sign a foreign player who fits the system. And I would argue that it's one. It's time for Clayton to reinvent himself as a PO goal poacher. So think, you know, um, Clayton. You know, uh, he was nicknamed the Thai League Ronaldo, and ironically, I think he should re uh, rebrand it or, or or evolve himself just like R- Ronaldo did. He can't be, you know, the complete striker who receives the ball. And run around doing step overs anymore? No, that's no. He's too old for that. He he needs to save his body. He 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 should be, the like a fox in a box, stand on on the last line of the defender and beat them in short spaces. You know, with his quick acceleration and great first first touch and powerful shot. You know, he could shoot. He he could really shoot with his left or right. You know, and that's a, you know, to be to be able to put that much power in your shot. Is an often underrated quality a, a striker has, and I would like to point to you his run under Adebayo at the oh, at the end of 2018, where he also Adebayo he was loan um, loan out from from Chiang Rai to Supan, and Adebayo played a counter-attacking football, and Clayton was the man up top, and towards the and he he was scoring goals for fun. He scored. Uh, that season he he scored nine goals, playing for for a struggling Supanburi FC side. And many were and and you know, many were the match deciding goals as well. So there is evidence that he could play as a that that um top guy, that last man on uh, with the defense. And I think he could be a great option for Samut Pakistan FC. Think about it. Samut Pakistan FC. They're a great side. Lots of energy. Lots of runners in the team. Young players. Lots of creative players, such as Jaren Sakwongkorn, who's a great. You know, he's a key member of the under 23s. You got Pisha Utra, uh, a super technical attacking midfielder who played, who already you know, got his chance with the senior team. You got uh, Tirapon Yoyoy, who was a Hard-working second striker who could pop up in spaces to score goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tiraporn was probably one of the yeah. most underrated players last season. Definitely underrated, and with those key elements already there, all they needed was a, you know, that that focal point of attack, and Clayton could be that, you know. And now with Pedro Junior, um, re- um, contract terminated, Clayton is a much. If you think about it, Clayton suits that role far more than Pedro. And that's the end of my tactical rabbit hole. I I feel like we we need to stop this podcast and give you a round of applause because I just agreed with almost every single detail you just said. Almost every single thing that came out of your mouth in the past minute or so. Just oh, awesome, awesome. Now, what a way to end this segment. Let's now shift to the rumor rant. So. As you know, the media right now, we're all home. We're all probably looking at stories that we can spin around and make true. So there's been lots of rumors regarding one of Taiwan's best ever foreign player, Diogo Luis Santo, coming back to a club in the capital. Some say, "Ooh, is it is it near Patum Thani? Is it you know? Is it Nontaburi? Is it?" Center of Bangkok, which club? Now, I I haven't really asked 
for both of your views on this yet. So I'm, I'm curious to know, Guillen, starting off with you, do you think it's a possibility? Do you think it's going to happen? If it's going to happen, it, will it be a loan deal? Will it be a permanent deal? Where should Diogo um, go? Or I guess, will it ever happen? Uh, after I answer this, can we? Can I give one more name for a foreigner? I was saving my best for last, and I, we got cut off at two. Uh, yeah, but to answer the question, sorry to burst the bubble, but I don't see it happening. I don't, I, it's, it's, you know, it's the media's favorite rumor. It was last year. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, follow Port FC Sand Pit and Tom Earls. So Tom Earls was online and he saw, um, there was, there was Diogo getting on a plane from Malaysia and an Instagram post about it saying a big announcement is coming soon. And then there was, uh, the Port coaching staff and Madame at Suwanapum saying, uh, big announcement is coming soon. And everyone was like, oh, this is it. It's done. Diogo's going to port. This is it. And then what happens? Well, Diogo announces a sponsorship deal. And uh, Port announced a, a deal with a, Bur- a Burmese Myanmar team as a partnership. And then everybody was like, oh, well, that, that's gone. You know, we've been burnt once. I think once you've been burnt once, you know, don't keep expecting it. All right? I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see which club will do it, right? We can do elimination process. That could be Mung Tong, right? It's n- probably not Port. Um, it's uh, probably not B- BU because they've already got Brenner and Bonilla on the books. Who else is there? Taro? I don't think so. Um, Samut Prakan? don't think so. So who's it going to be? And don't forget, like, the Thai League doesn't have a lot of, you know, spare cash on hand right now, right? You can barely afford to keep your own players. How are you going to afford to pay Johor, a guy who's still under contract in Malaysia, Right, with the richest club in Southeast Asia. Are you going to pay out the contract there? I don't see it happening. I'm, I'm sorry for the pessimism. I know that people want to deal with a comeback. I want to deal with a comeback. But I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a story current. for clicks. That's all it is. <laughs> well, clickbait story. You heard it here first from Guillen. Yeah. <laughs> now, Guillen, before I, I ask um, your, for your second player, just a quick... Uh, Question to Op, what are your thoughts on, on the Diogo fiasco? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, oh no, I'm not gonna, uh, the, oh no, never mind, I'm bad at pun. <laughs> but, the, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh, don't, do don't do that again. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> okay, but. In all seriousness, I would advise all the all the Thai league clubs to avoid signing the you know Diogo at all costs. That's it. He's too expensive. It's not worth it. If you're gonna spend, I don't know, four million each month on his salary, then spend it two million on two. You could get to really decent player with the right scouting. Yeah, you, know, you could get you know a good deal, and that, I think that's you know a smarter way to spend your money. All right, now, Gian, would you like to share your um, other, yeah. or I yeah. guess your one last got away? The one quick? I was saving best for last. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Merdad Puladi from Bangkok United. Oh, I- Iranian player, Iranian player. He's a yes. from Iran. He wore number nine. Yes. No, now, I, I do, rem- I, I do remember. Uh, yes, yes. People don't know much about him, but he was actually a starting 11 player in the Iranian national team back in 2014. He is well known around Asia for being the man who shut down Lionel Messi 
in a World Cup game in 2014. I remember there was that one game where like they they uh, Argentina waited till the 90th minute until they finally scored. That was because Pulari cut out the best player in the world uh, from a one game, and he was a starting level player from Iran until he deferred from military service and got his passport revoked, and he had to flee, he had to leave the country. He couldn't play for the national team anymore. So he was, you know, far and away the probably the best AFC player that the Thai league has had, I think. And the injuries we got that he got when he arrived were pretty, you know. He played as a defensive mid. He was incredible as a defensive mid. Um, had a lot of security. And I think that finally with Hosogai coming in, it's finally somebody worthy of replacing Pulani all these years later. And yeah, he was, if he'd stayed fit, you know, B probably would have won, won a title at some point during his time there, because I think he was really that good, but he just, so many injuries in that time, and eventually had to replace Wow. He, he just, yeah. you just gave me an absolute throwback to like what, he came 2016, was it? 2016? 2017, I think. Oh, 2017. 2017, I think. Well, All right. I can but but still, I mean, while, while I'm talking here, please look up the, the exact year he was here. But I, I feel like I just got back in a time machine because I remember when he came at first there's a picture of him that somebody posted online of him like shouldering or off Messi in the uh, 2014 World Cup and that game if it wasn't for Messi's last minute curler from outside the box Iran would have made probably the biggest like upset result in that 2014 World Cup and what an amazing uh, game he had Uh, yeah I mean great great pick there again do you, do you, did you find his, his year yet for uh, Drew yeah. Bangkok? Yeah, uh, June 2017, he arrived. And then he actually ended up staying on the books until 2019. So he only played half a season. And he spent a season and a half just being injured. And then he finally left last year when they bought Havanar and then Havanar got injured too. So, I mean, Mung Tong struggling with foreign signings. True Bangkok, maybe a, another underrated pick for struggling with foreign signings now let's move on to (laughs) let's move on to uh the next rumor that has been floating around so there was a graphic that came out a few weeks ago uh, a a picture of before and after the mung tong 2016 side and then the current mung tong 2020 side the only player left from then till now in the starting 11 Sarach Yuyen and this this got the, the media asking is this is it his time to you know let his contract run out with Mung Tong and finally play in Japan or is he going to be the the next Datsagorn where he stays and then you know he stays until he doesn't play anymore and the club lets him go so what's your take on the rumor that's suggesting that Sarach is going to be playing in the J League Op we'll start with you for this one where do you rank this he were able uh, if if he were you no know, to move he should choose his club really carefully he should look into the tactical setup and of the team you know, his future teammates and the coach you know how how they set up because sarad is for me in my opinion a really specific type of player he doesn't provide you know your Assists, you know, but he he is the one who gives the key passes. Who the 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 pass before the assist, or you know, one would say, and he, I would argue, whenever he people say he doesn't work hard, no, that's not true at all. I don't have the stats here, but go ask the no the the you know Thai leagues, 
analyst and you see how how hard he runs and you if you watch the game you keep your eye on him he runs he he runs like he runs his oh he runs his heart out he 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 really works hard for the for the team so again i think the j league would suit him but he must choose his club properly and you know i i i, I hope he leaves but maybe you know in a more um when when everything is back to normal so when the the schedule is you know, um set and clear yeah and you make a great point about picking the right team because i feel like sarah's now at his age <laughs> i feel like you know he, he's not super old to the level that he has to retire soon but he's at the age where if he goes to japan and he fails and he comes back to the thai league um uh, you know like is that just going to be your last two three four years of your career wasted in in trying to find uh, a team that you can establish yourself into and i'm sure moon tom will welcome him if he goes to japan for a year or so and he doesn't do well and he comes back like but I feel like at this point, if he wants to be reaching, you know, that peak time of your career where he gets to play at a league that is better than the Thai league, it's it's now or never for him. Gian, what are your thoughts on him moving to Japan? So, most definitely need him right now. You know, being the only player in there who's won a league title, being the leader to all of the young players that are coming through right now. He's super important for them, so I can see why they'd hesitate to let him go. But at the same time, like... It's sort of, it's almost necessary now because all the other top players have gone from a generation, right? Chinatepev has gone, Tiraton has gone, Tirasin has gone, and sort of, he's the one in that group where he's as good as them, definitely. You know, when he was at his peak, before the injury uh, to him uh, in 2016, he was absolutely incredible. I think he deserves a chance to go and prove it. In Japan, same worries as normal, sort of the physicality side of it, the, you know, because the, the, he's, since the injury hasn't been the same physically. That's the only one concern, but technically, of course, he's, he can play in the J-League, no problem. Yeah, you mentioned there about injuries. One fun fact, I guess not so fun if you're Saraj, he's never played a single minute in the AFC Champions League competition before. He got hurt back in 2016, where the following year, 2017, they went on and played in the group stages and went all the way to the... Um, round of 16 that year he was hurt and then you've, you you go back even more the 2013 season that they played in the AFC Champions League the previous year before he was not a Tong player yet he was still um, away at I believe uh, Korat before he came back to Tong. so he's never played the AFC Champions League he's never got to play a game abroad before as a Tong player so maybe this is his time to pack his bag and say goodbye to the Thai League. Now, one last rumor um, be- before, if I mean, if you guys have more rumors you want to talk about, then, then go ahead. But one last one I would like to ask you guys about. Sturridge, Daniel Sturridge with the Sturridge dance. Will we see it happening in Buriram? I saw a, a graphic today saying, you know what? Buriram is going to let go of all their foreign players. Dunyes is gone. Um, the, the very good Korean speaker, you know. Um, <laughs> Tactic Times favorite, Jaehyung Jong, JJ is also gone. Uh, and they might let go of uh, Bueno and, and Cuesta. So you, what do you guys think? Are you buying it? Daniel Sturridge to play in Buriram? No way, it's not gonna happen, and I hope it doesn't happen. Oh, I mean, Sturridge is gonna be expensive. He's gonna be expensive, and I, I, I don't think his lifestyle suits, you no, know, the Buriram environment. I mean, 
imagine so he before he was a, a free agent he he was dancing in snow you know and then now if he joins Buriram he'll be dancing in a concrete you know, desert at, a, at at the Shang Arena hey he he could be dancing at he could be dancing at those army camps that Buriram have their players go on before yep. the, the season yep. begins you can imagine him, you can imagine him dancing in the Thai army uniform with super choke and super nut dancing behind him Gucci gang Gian, do you buy this at all? I mean, I I I like it to happen. I mean, I don't know where they'd find the money, but Buriram have been you know not spending so much for so long. They've been you know on local players, especially they've not been spending money. Maybe they have the money stored somewhere in reserve, um, because it would be amazing to see. But Ob's right, you know, is it gonna, it's so unlikely to happen. Lifestyle problems, but assuming feasibility. You know, in in some world where it's even possible, it'd be massive for the Thai league because Daniel Sturridge is still like a fairly recent Premier League player, and if you want people to start watching the local league, you got to bring in that kind of player who has been in the been in the um, in the Premier League recently. Which is why I think like Thai league clubs in general should go look for when the when that generation of Leicester players gets older, the one that won the league and then came here on a parade tour. When those guys get older. If there's any chance to bring any of them here, that would bring more excitement because the Premier League, we're still competing with the Premier League for viewership and for 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 a, a sort of attention. So yeah, Sturridge would be good on the marketing front, uh, but no, I, I, it's hard to see. It no, I mean like okay, time. please, please, Tiley clubs, don't sign player for for, for the PR. It is, it's not worth it. I mean, oh, please, please don't. Mm-hmm. Relied on the youth. <laughs> That's what wins the locals and the fans. Please trust me. I'm hardly wrong. Words of wisdom from Tactic Times to the Thai League. There, rely on the youth. <laughs> now, before moving on to the hot take segment, does anybody have any other rumors you guys want to discuss? Speaking yeah, yeah. Oh, of, go ahead. Um, JJ, my best um Korean-speaking defensive midfielder who <laughs> recently <laughs> left Buriram. <laughs> There's a rumor that the Thunder Castle is going to sign a Uzbekistan international defensive midfielder, Akbar. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pronounce his last name. Is Matulayev. That's it. Yes, nailed it. So and I don't. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what you said. I mean, okay, Akbar. His name is Akbar. Okay, that's enough. So, okay, they're, 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 they're trying to sign Akbar, and I don't know if the rumor is true or not, but I can't help myself and look up his highlights video on YouTube. And apparently, Akbar is he's really good at defending and tackling and interception. But, but again, Buriram United, if you're gonna sign another defensive midfielder, please, no, please, no. Okay, that's it. You need a creative midfielder. You cannot put in two defensive midfielders and expect one to be a cre- like. How? How do you make the same mistake four seasons in a row now? Like physically, how do you let this happen? How does the best club with? I mean, I'm sure there is a reason, right? I've said this before in our first ever pod time. Like, there is a reason why Buriram do this, right? Because they are because they have top scouts. 
uh, Bandovich was a scout at Olympiacos. He knows what he's doing, but I want an explanation as to why. Why is he doing it? And I, I, I'll never figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I'm his friend on Facebook. Maybe I should just drop him a message. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why have you not sorted it out? Why? What's going on? No, Op, do you I, have something I, to say? I am again. I am against scouting players from YouTube videos, and I am not saying I know a lot of. I know I know a lot about Akbar, but from what I've seen, he is really defensive minded, and he's really good at it. So maybe he's an upgrade on JJ. <laughs> hey they already learned korean well maybe they want to learn uzbekistan as well Mm. never know you never know gian do you have any other picks i mean the one i saw today which kind of threw me for a loop which is um titipan to kolkata in the indian super league that kind of threw me for a loop although uh, i i have since spoke to a couple of friends in india and they said that Kolkata, the Indian Super League team in Kolkata is going to merge with this I-League team called uh, Mohan Bagan, which are one of the, it's like the biggest and most well-supported club in India. And when the two of them merge, they will become a continental powerhouse. They will become one of the biggest clubs in Asia when they merge, which is going to happen at the end of this month. So maybe it's possible that like, they want to expand their outreach to the rest of Asia. And it would be really interesting to see it happen, you know, really out of left field and stuff. And the, I've also heard other big names linked to the Indian League over this current time. Maybe the Indian League is going to ramp up spending on big players. But yeah, it's just like it sort of came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the the Indian League, they have a, a weird system there, right? There is the Indian Super League and there is the the I League, right? Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. So there's the Indian yeah, yes. Super League. And that is, I think, until recently. I don't know if it is now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, despite my heritage, I have no idea about Indian football at all. Um I think that for the longest time, the Super League was not the AFC League. Like the, the AFC Champions League would come from the I-League and they'd go to the AFC Champions League. But the Indian Super League, they would be like their own separate thing. But then now they're trying to, you know, make the ISL the official league of, the, uh, of India. Because there's more money in the ISL, but there's more history and support in the I-League. So like mergers like this. Because like... And also, there's a lot of investment from abroad as well in the in the Indian Super League. Like Man City own a club in the Indian Super League, so yeah, who knows? Maybe it could actually work. But again, I just see like uh, reputation-wise, uh, lifestyle-wise, it's, it'll be a really strange move. But if it happened, you know, it would be quite interesting. Yeah. Now. Let's segue to the hot take segment of our show. My favorite segment of the show. I've been quizzing a lot of people. Both of my co-hosts are just looking at me. (laughs) Ops just throwing his hand now in frustration because they have absolutely no idea what I'm going to ask them. Everything here is on the spot. Everything here is live. All right. So the first question. As a Thai citizen, you know, we're, we're all Thai here. Could you and would you ever accept foreign players getting Thai citizenship and playing for our country? You know, the likes of Dagno Sieka, DFB Ram, Mario Ryovsky has been here for a while now. And China recently granted permission for Brazilian player Elgison to represent their national team. What are your thoughts on this down the road? Do you think it will ever happen? Okay, um, I'm going to start here. First of all, there's a video of Elkerson ordering rice 
and grilled salmon in um, Mandarin and it's awesome so I mean he's kind of Chinese now I, I guess so um, okay so back to the hot takes I, I think with the, the, the world's changing and how we see the uh, nations as, as, as we see, nations are a difference and there's a lot of people who, who maybe did they, they grew up in one country or they moved to one country and and they re- and whatever but i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see um we uh how do we say transfer or you know, give a foreign player a thai passport just for them to to play for thailand again if we appreciate a foreign player's quality and their contribution to a Thai league, there's many other ways to to show that respect. Maybe, you know, uh, have the, you know, it's there's many ways to do it. Again, again, uh, I think with the with our population, I I think we could have with a proper youth setup, training in terms of the players and the coach, running the organization, the FA properly for at least at least trying to run it properly for like two three decades i think we could be and we should be like an, an a power powerhouse in asia football and there's no need to oh, transfer a foreign i think here. within reason it makes sense like if you went around just trying to find players bringing them in with the intention of making them thai citizens and then putting them in the team that's kind of seems like a bad idea uh, if you do what like East Timor did with the Brazilians and Hebertine, that's kind of a bad idea, faking documents. Uh, but I think if they if they gen- genuinely qualify to be Thai citizens through other means, and again, this is not football, this is kind of political and, and everything else, but I think immigration laws in Thailand are way too harsh. I think we need to be a lot less strict on immigration. There's no reason for Thailand uh, to be as strict on immigration as it is, and it's all very sort of nationalistic more than logical. Uh, so there are some players who have been here for a long time. I think like uh, Duf, Pyramid Duf, like speaks Thai fluently. He's been here for a long time. A lot of foreigners who have been here for a long time playing football. I think that they should be allowed if they want to, if they feel like Thailand is their home. Because nations are imagined anyway. Right? Like nations are like, well, what is it, right? There's no hard wall between one nation and the next. It's all in your head. So if you've been in Thailand long enough, you qualify for citizenship through a reasonable, um, reasonably like... Uh, not overly restrictive citizenship um, which should be amended for the whole population not just for footballers uh, if you qualify in general to be a Thai citizen you've been in Thailand and you feel like Thailand is your home there's no reason why you should not be able to play for Thailand but I think going out and looking for players to come and bring them in specifically to play for Thailand is a, is a bad idea um, here I'd like to add something so I mean Gian spot on good answer I'd like to throw and I mean I'd like to throw you a situation where where this could be a possibility. So there's this young wonder kid player called Mycon. He is the son of Douglas Cardoso. So Douglas Cardoso is a Brazilian striker who played you know, played in the Brazilian top flights and he was ex teammates with, with Neymar as well. So he moved here to Buriram and he played with Ratchaburi. Now he's a he's one of the 
the backroom staff at well, with Rajabari, and Mykon actually played. So he was, I I'm not sure if he was born in Thailand or not, but he grew up here. He speaks with a Rajabari accent. But now that he moves, no, but now he goes to school in Bangkok and he, his accent is not there anymore. But no, he speaks Thai. And he he plays for he was called up to the youth team to the youth Thai national team as well. Again, his mother is. No, I mean his 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 parents are both foreigners. But and I but and I, I wouldn't have any issue with, with him representing the Thai national team. And uh, one fun story is at the FA Cup final, the the 2019 FA Cup final between Port and and Ratchaburi. I was sitting in the the stands and next to me was actually um Mykon and and his his mother and the ball the you know the those kids who walk who walk with the players when they're you know singing the the, the anthem and stuff they were actually coming up and taking photos with Mykon so this kid is and he was friendly with them he he so i mean here you got a brazilian who grew up in thailand played for the the youth youth national team and he's already a star so yeah i don't in, in this case i wouldn't have uh, any issue what do you think that i you know what i i think as a thai citizen it's it's very it's very hard to accept you know a complete foreigner to be considered thai especially the way you know how how thailand is and our the way our society works But having gone to an international school, having gone to study in the U.S., I feel like there are so many other countries who do well successfully, who have players who play for them, who aren't or who you know weren't necessarily born there. You you look at France winning the World Cup in 2018. Half of their starting eleven, they aren't even you know French. They're like they're born somewhere else in Africa, migrated to France, and grew up there, can speak the language. So. It's it's the same thing for Mykon. I feel like if if you're, you know, if your parents aren't necessarily Thai, but you grew up in the country, you can speak the language, you can read, you can write, you can communicate properly with other Thais. I think you should be accepted as a as a a Thai player. However, you know, I I don't think a lot of people are as open minded. I think that like Yen mentioned, there's still very strict laws on immigration, and as you said, I feel like. Um, If we develop a proper youth system, a proper academy that trains every you know young, upcoming, talented uh, Thai players from the age of 10 or eight, then we should be able to be good enough to not have to rely on foreigners or you know non-Thais playing for Thailand. So it's it's a very very thin line that you know you see in between accepting and not accepting because you know the world's changing. You should accept. Diversity, you should accept change, but at the same time, though, everybody sticks to own their own route, and everybody wants you know you to represent your true, true country. But I guess everybody has their own opinions on this. I just think personally, yes, we should accept um, international players who have been here long enough, who has earned the right to be a Thai citizen, to be able to represent the Thai national team. Now let's. Move on to the second question. Now the second hot take question. So obviously, up your supporter BG. Again, you support Mung Tong. 
If you could sign one foreign player to your club right now, who would it be and why? One foreign from from the Thai league or or from like any any like any player can be any player in the world. Unlimited oh, oh, money. Oh wow! I was thinking of Thai league. Unlimited money. We're living oh. in fantasy land. <laughs> oh god. Uh. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. I will sign Ooh. Mesut Ozil from Arsenal. I think he's the last great modern number tens, and I think it's. I wanna. I know we have a bunch of number tens in our squad, but the chance to see him at his peak, you you can't. Or I can't just let that go. Cause and I mean, he's not. He's he's not his old self anymore. And at the top flight of English football, because at the highest level, the tactical evolution moves so quick. And I think, you no, know, in the next few years, we won't see like a a, a Fabregas or or, or Urzu anymore. Number tens are dying again. However, in the Thai league, you know, the the tactical evolution moves quite, you know, you know, to a certain degree slower than in you know, in the bigger leagues hence why i think Urzu could survive here and he could be unplayable and i mean just give me that <laughs> one or two years and i'll be happy that's it well you are not asking for a lot of you're asking for <laughs> just a player to come in for one or two years i want to see him because of how technically gifted he is now gian are, are you as uh as frugal as up or are you more you know expansive i'm i'm struggling because like again you mentioned the age i think both i need a center back who's good with his feet that's like the number one priority and somebody who's like young as well would like top it off like if it's like if the guy actually signed and stayed for his old peak someone like delit who's currently you know ix juventus guy somebody like that who's like all-rounded center back um that kind of player would be you know yeah we need that desperately, I think. And of course, it would destroy the entire Thai league because he'd just be too good for it. But, yeah. <laughs> Who would you sign, though? Who would you sign? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, probably. Right, right, right now, I, I gotta go with Kylian Mbappe, man. I want to see oh. him at Mung Tong just tearing down Thunderdome. I just want to see him run and laps <laughs> around whichever team we play against. Mung Tong uh. with Mbappe, we would play a 4 Five one. We will leave Mbappe up top. Everybody sits back, and we'll just lob it for it and let this boy work his butt off. And then, like and then, and then he would be running, and then it would be Victor Cardozo. He just crash into Victor Cardozo. <laughs> that would be the end of it. <laughs> that would be the end of it. <laughs> you are just, you are just so pessimistic. You just ruined my dream, man. I'm, I'm the SCG oh is God. too small. If by the time Mbappe is he's already off this pitch already. He's not big enough. <laughs> Yeah, but I am absolutely <laughs> on the Mbappe bandwagon. I think he'll win the Ballon d'Or in less than five years. I, I think he'll, he needs he'll, to he'll leave win it for PSG, sure. though. Um, yeah, he that's needs, he, he needs to leave PSG. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. He he has to go somewhere else. I think that he he won't be as you know world class as he could be if if he sticks in the French league. He needs to go somewhere much more challenging. Now to the final question today. 
we've been talking a lot, you know, recently. Lots of players have come out and made their, you know, best 11 teams, best foreign team, best Thai team, all-time team, all that stuff. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name your best 11 player all time mm-hmm. yeah. off just took a off just took a <laughs> sigh of relief there because that would have been murdering you live on this podcast instead i'll make it i'll make it easier and i'll actually i'll actually answer this one myself first i'm gonna ask you for your best top three best front three foreign forward players to play in the thai league it could be as as long as 20 years ago it could be more recent but for me and and Gian, obviously we haven't followed football as long as Op has so for me my my, my front three all-time best um foreign players to play in the Thai league i go with clayton silva diogo in the middle and heberti fernandez so those are my three all-time that i'm going with Gian, you go first how do you beat that you can't that's kind of a really diogo is definitely in there for sure Haberti is definitely playing off of him. But then, like, you need... Like, how do you balance the front three? Who is the player in there who gets the best out of both Diogo and Haberti? Like, I, I mean, instinct would be, you know, if you want to go with the best, probably with... I think Osvaldo would, again, you know, he's up there. Probably put him there. Clayton also, the same. They're, they're both interchangeable, you know. Somebody like Boscovich as well at his peak could fit in that. But then who would get the best out of those two? It's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard. <laughs> Bob, you said uh, uh, you had a team that could beat yeah, that yeah, yeah. three. And I, I won't pick Diogo. I won't pick Diogo. Wow. And I think I could beat, I could beat like, wow. the, you know, like um, your yours two team in a, like, 3v3. Yeah. Okay, shoot. Okay. Shoot, shoot your shot. <laughs> it's like three defenders. First pick. <laughs> Cardozo, Dunez, Osmo. <laughs> <laughs> JJ Cardozo Tunez. <laughs> Front wall. <laughs> I don't know. My, 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 came. All right. Uh, let, my let first pick. Let me um, <laughs> best ball playing defender and goal scorer the Thai league has ever seen. Um, Osma. So, a strong. He's actually going yeah. for defenders. For once, a defender. He's actually going for defenders. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Jose oh Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> okay. Alright, All right, Osmar, who else? Who else? Op, if you're taking it seriously, I'm taking it seriously too. Okay. Op, and then, Osmar, then, then Marouane Fellaini next to him. <laughs> I mean, but in a small size game, Osmar would beat the... Oh, shit, I, can't, I can't say that word. Beat the cake out of I don't know. <laughs> Whoever you, Oswaldo, Oswaldo. You could be how, like, how would you run? Like, there's no space to run into. Never mind. So Osma did one, <laughs> and the other guy, I, I would go with Clayton. This is the first, like, one of the first few Thai league foreigners who I thought, who I felt afraid of. So he tore like the BG defense to pieces when we visit them and in his first season here and I still remember him doing step overs and sending our players to the ground that was class mm. so again good ball play defenders someone who could run with the ball and I'll pick another one who is one of the most intelligent players off the ball and he could always provide the X factor and that's Mario Jurovsky 
that's it. Plus, yeah, he 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 gives you that you know that um pants off to the head <laughs> celebration. Yeah. Pants off celebration. Extra point for the celebration. <laughs> the infamous 2013 TOT incident. We we all remember that game. <laughs> now. Honestly, though, that's that's a that's a fair shot. I mean, if you're going three on three, I feel like yeah, you, you could put defenders in there. Actually, can I can well, I, mean, I amend I my goals. front three a little bit? Like, get Joe and Hamilton and just get like an like an absolute like massive striker to put between them. Who would that be though? Jay uh, Bothroyd. No. Jaja. No. <laughs> Definitely not Jaja. Uh. Jaja is good. Jaja is underrated. Dumboya, maybe. You heard it here. Domboya maybe. Oh Domboya. Because he also Wait, does what? off the did, ball. Did work. someone just say did someone just say Jaja's underrated? Yeah. Huh? Huh? I, I, I said that. Ex- Jaja is explain, please. Okay. Explain. <laughs> I am. I would be inclined to believe you if I didn't have to watch that from the Mengtong press box for an entire year. Just watch Kerchich's like defensive football. And then Jaja standing at the halfway line and not knowing what to do with his life. Like, I'm scarred by that. I want a refund for all that time that I had to watch Jaja stand at the halfway but line. But is that his fault? Is that his fault? Yes. No. No, it's not. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me Myung Tong know, doesn't know Jaja is slow. We all know he's slow. We know he, mm. he doesn't run. We know he can't pl- I mean, he, beat. He can't run into space. It's not his fault. It's Meng yeah, Tong's fault yeah. for signing him. But in the yeah, box, yeah. holding up play, scoring goals, mm. his stats for Meng Tong is not bad. Considered and when yeah, he's I mean, Ram, I mean Jaja was the Jaja was the top. Was he the top goal scorer for for Bui Ram like the season before? He, he yeah that yeah. Was, so. Boskovic was the top scorer that year, but Jaja scored thirty four and thirty four, which would have been an incredible achievement if Boskovic didn't go and score thirty eight and thirty three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. He was a top goal scorer for Buriram. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you have your point there. He was used wrongly at, at Mung Tong. And I feel like our entire podcast has been centered around that idea of how so many people have, have been usually around Mung Tong. Well, that's all the time that we got for in this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you two for, what, 70 minutes? Yeah, this is the longest podcast so far. I, I, I hope to... Uh, See you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.